Hello, welcome folks to the book Drop Mike, brought to you by Ink Veins, your source for book publicity, promo, and press releases. And of course, this is your host, Jason Wright. And this week, I bring to the show more than a fellow writer whom I admire, but a dear, dear friend. Her name is Heather Moore. Welcome to the mic, Heather. Thanks, Jason. I'm excited to be here. Thanks oh, for having thank you. me. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you for hopping on. I know you got a lot going on right now. Uh, You're one of the busiest, most prolific, I think, writers, creators, forces of nature that I know. And if you have, if you followed previously, uh, right where you are, we had a great discussion uh, about one of Heather's titles two years ago. Um, So I will put that in the show notes so people can go back and listen to that because that was a that was a fantastic um, discussion. But today we're here to talk about a brand new book. Before we dive into the new book, Heather, there might be people listening who have not heard of you. I know that that is unlikely, shocking even, that there might be a listener out there that is not familiar with your work. Shame on them, right, Heather? Oh, definitely. I mean, everybody should hear of me, right? Everyone. Well, I just, this is a quick introduction. My I write under Heather B. Moore, which is my real name, but there are a lot of other Heather Moores in the world. And I write mostly historical fiction. I actually started writing my first book when I was 30. I didn't mean it to be a book. I was writing a short story. It turned into a full manuscript and I had no idea what to do with it. Of course, it's still not published, but you can all thank me for that. Anyway, but it started me on the journey of, of just becoming, falling in love with writing and the process of creating. And I guess I've always just been a huge reader and it sort of just morphed into that that other love of mine. So, so how many books have you published now, Heather? I think it's just over a hundred. That also includes some shorter like novellas as well. I think those count Heather Moore. I think those count. Well, and don't ask me to name them or to remember the characters' names. Yeah. You ever have someone walk up to you like at a signing and just ask you about like some plot point or some character or something from a decade ago? And you're like, hmm, oh, wait, hmm, uh, remind me again what was happening? What's the context? Yeah, the- I once was invited to speak at a book club and it was, it was close, close to my neighborhood. So I went in person and I just assumed they were reading my latest book. And they said, oh, we're reading this other book. And I was, oh, my gosh. So I hurried into, I said, oh, I need to use a restroom or whatever. So I went in there. I I downloaded the book onto Kindle and I quickly scanned my character chart. So when I was answering questions, I could speak intelligently about it. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. So I did a book club during COVID where I zoomed in and and I thought we were talking about um, one book and they were talking about a much older book. And no right. one had ever clarified that at any point. And so I actually got a couple answers in before it was pretty clear that my answers were not matching their questions. And I went, you know what? I think, and I just, I totally came clean. In this case, I had no choice. I was like, yeah, I, I, I think I thought we were talking about A and you're talking about B. And so we kind of, we kind of, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's very helpful to know which book they're talking about. Yeah, that is helpful, but I do not have more than a hundred titles. You are, as I said, you are you're prolific. So the the purpose of this podcast, Heather, as you know, is we're trying to highlight books either the day they come out or as soon as possible to their to their drop date. Um, right. Hence the name. So let's talk about Under the Java Moon. What is this new project about? 
Sure. So this is my first uh, World War II novel that I that I've have had published, and it's based on a true story. The woman who is a heroine of the story, she she's still alive. Her name is Marie Fisher Elliott, and she goes by Rita. And the book is a nickname as a kid. She was she's Dutch. She's from a Dutch family, and her family was living in Indonesia during World War II. And when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. Everyone was declaring war in Japan. All the allies were de- declaring war. And Japan, of course, declared war right back. And close to them were the Indonesian islands, which were called the Dutch East Indies back then because Poland had colonized them. And so Japan invaded and Java and all the surrounding islands are very rich with minerals and oil. And of course, the Dutch were not really prepared. And so they soon surrendered. And all of the Dutch people and any other Europeans are all sent to internment camps for the next three and a half years. And this story is about one family, the Vischer family, and their experiences. In fact, the women were all separated from the men. They had men's camps, and they had women and children. And when a boy turned about 11, he was then sent to the men's camp and separated from his mom and younger siblings. Hmm. My heavens. And how did this land in your lap, this story? It was actually my publisher had a connection with her and thought it would make a great historical novel. Marie was was very reluctant at first because she, in her mind, she said, this is a true story. This really happened to me. If you turn it to a historical novel, it makes me nervous to know what are you going to add to it and how are you going to create this book? And so I met with her a couple of times in person first, and she read one of my books as well. And her one stipulation was, don't put romance in it. This is not a romance novel because I think she must have read. I write a little bit of sweet romance as well. And I said, well, I would love to have your parent's story in there, even if it's kind of as a flashback because the current story, they're already married with a couple children. And I said, because it's so interesting how they got married. Is they're married by proxy? So it's very kind of an interesting story for them. So I wanted to make sure to include it, but she was okay with that that much <laughs> no that's so so why and I know, I know i've asked you this before but why this genre why are you drawn to um to historic fiction like this i think it's my favorite thing to read and i think mostly because i love to learn in story form and i'm i just love history and i'm interested in learning about the past and so it goes with what i love to read because as you know when you write a book it's not just having this passion for creating a story, it has to go through editorial and production and then you have to market it. And then three or four years later, you're doing, you're still doing book clubs with it. And so it has to be a story that you really love and you're willing to really stick with for many years. Um, so I, I like to read other, other genres as well, but historical fiction is definitely my favorite genre to dive into. So of those of those hundred plus titles, what's the breakdown? Do you know roughly what percentage falls into um, into your romance or to some of your religious fiction or into this genre? Yeah, so I'll, I do write religious fiction that we just call biblical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also historical. I would say almost, I would probably say like eighty five to ninety percent of my writing is historical. Um, when I'm writing historical romance, I would say. The setting is historical, but I'm not writing historical characters per se. But when I'm writing historical fiction, it's usually crafted around real people and, and real events. So it's 
it's a lot, it's less of the fiction and more of the historical side. Right. Interesting. So, you know, you and I, um, and probably many of our listeners today come from a faith background where we, we sort of accept that historical fiction could, you know, come from the New Testament, for example, uh, but right. bookstores don't necessarily always feel that way. Are you saying then that that bookstores and distributors do classify your what I would have thought of biblical or religious fiction also as historical fiction? Is that how it's how it's marketed? Um, yeah. So historical fiction would just be its broader category, and the subgenre would be biblical fiction. Interesting. And there's also uh, Old Testament, I don't know. So biblical includes New Testament and Old Testament. Sure. But then um, I kind of refrain from calling it Christian fiction because I feel like maybe New Testament would be aimed more to- toward Christianity, but biblical fiction, especially Old Testament fiction, that would be include more faith than just Christianity. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. That is super interesting. I have never, I've never really thought through that. What what that that definition of historical mm-hmm. fiction might actually include and and realize the breadth of titles that you have written. I mean, it's I thought I knew your your uh your your backlist. I'm looking here on Amazon. Holy moly. And of course, my wife Cody, uh, who you know and and uh she's great. Uh, she's a huge, huge fan of, of everything you've done. In fact, I think she may have been the first one to utter your your sacred name in our home. Heather Moore <laughs> was Cody. Um, cause she's been following you for a long, long time. So, all right, I'm going to ask you a question that I get asked all the time. And I know a lot of authors detest this question, but I've just decided over the last several years, I'm just going to answer it. So you've got to pick one of these books as your, as your favorite. What is it? Oh, that's really tough. Um, I would, I would say I would label a book. I actually indie published about seven years ago it's called condemn me not and the reason i would say it was my favorite is because it's actually part of my family history Mm. and so it was a passion project and it was about my 10th great-grandmother who was accused of witchcraft during the same witch trials oh my and her trial she was 71 years old and she had lived a full life and had nine children and had grandchildren and was a widow at the time and it was just a fascinating study on just human the human mindset of panic and fear and how we can turn on each other which you see in any war that goes on in the world you see it today of course um but i was i was contacted about five years ago by the salem witch museum in salem massachusetts and they started carrying my book and this summer in june i was able to go there and do a book signing so it's kind of the whole project kind of came full circle for me um, but but that one book, I still get emails all the time from my cousins because we all consider ourselves descendants and cousins of each other. And there's been some really great relationships formed that way. That's cool. I, lo- I love that. That's a good answer. Thank you for actually answering. Honestly, it's funny. Everyone, I mean, I've heard authors answer this a thousand times and I have answered yeah. a thousand times. And generally we always say, well, I think I'm kind of obligated to say it's my newest book because that's yeah. the book that we're that we're promoting and that our publishers and marketing, you know, teams want us to talk about. Um, and I, I think because they are fresh in our minds, that's probably true that it's, you know, we're, it, it is the most recent thing we've written probably is the most important thing to us in that moment. Um, but it's, it's not always the thing that we'll probably most remember in 10 years or whatever. And so I've, 
Um, I appreciate the candor on that. I'll I'll throw a little twist on it. So I have books where I love the story more than the writing. And I have books where I love right. my writing more than the story. So for the sheer craft of, of just writing, just turning a beautiful phrase over and over and over again, which of your books do you read and go, oh, I'm actually a little bit proud of how I crafted that. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good question. Um, because because like you said, there there's some books that I'm writing that just fit like more of a genre book, and other books I am trying to dive in to more um where the actual world becomes its own character. I would say, I don't know, honestly, so so writing under the job and moon, it wasn't an easy book to write, right? Because of the topic, but I felt like every time I sat down, you know, when you have the days where the writing flows. Mm-hmm. And then other days you're just, you're watching the clock and you're thinking of anything you can do besides, right? I felt like most of my writing days with Under the Java Moon were flowing days. Mm-hmm. And I once asked Marie, who's the main character, she's um, she's 86 now. I said, are you praying for me? Because I feel like this is this is like an easier way. So I, but I, I feel like that, so that was kind of a different experience. But as far as like being maybe really, really proud of, of working on something that was really hard and feeling like I achieved. I don't, so I had a book that came out a year ago is called in the shadow of a queen. And it's about queen Victoria and princess Louise. And that took me, that was the longest I'd ever spent writing a book. So I'm a full-time writer, but this was six full months, full-time, not working on anything else and not editing anything else. You know, that was coming across my desk. Um, and the whole book was in one point of view. And I had read like nine different biographies on different members of the royal family. And I just felt when that book was finally accepted, um, it was like this huge like mountain. I hadn't realized I was carrying it. So I, I felt so proud to get that book and to then have reviews, respect the work that I did and and the writing. And I did I did go through the book over and over trying to get rid of extra or duplicate words. You know how you say like, part 450 times in a book and you're like okay let's just do it 200 times um you know I was I was spending a lot more time crafting Mm. the the prose as well um and I remember when I was actually in a publisher's meeting pitching my next book the publisher was saying well what about this Queen Victoria had nine children what about another sibling book and I said well I'm going to need a couple years off if I'm going to tackle because knowing going into a book like that you just know you're just immersed in that world full time for so long. So yeah. well I feel like uh, I feel like that's a little badge of honor. I don't know if that book will be my bestseller ever because it's it's I would consider it a biographical novel, which is very close to nonfiction. Like if I show you my manuscript, I would say every other paragraph I have a a reference or a resource there. So it follows almost exactly what I was researching. Yeah, wow. Well and and I mean six months full time is yeah. That is a lot of time. Um, that is, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I'm looking at the Amazon page and anytime Publishers Weekly says worthy portrait of a woman divided mm-hmm. by duty and self-determination um, among many, many, many other glowing reviews, that's that's pretty significant. Well, um, congrats on that. And on, again, answering what can often for writers be a really a really tricky question. So I, I appreciate that. All right. What's next then? What's coming, what's coming down the pipeline from Heather Moore? 
So I have a book that is just recently turned in. It's another World War II novel, so my second one. And it is set in the United States. It's about the women aviators who trained and flew the, the bomber planes that were coming off the manufacturing floor and transferring them. They are called the ferrying squad. So they're ferrying them to the air bases so the men could train on these planes and then go fight in combat. So the women, by the women being able to do that, they save thousands and thousands of hours um, that then the male pilots could then um, benefit from and then go go fly on their missions. Um, so my so it's a it's a novel I call it another biographical novel. It's about a woman named Nancy Harkness Love, and she is the one that was constantly pushing and pushing. Um, back then, it's called the Army Air Corps. It wasn't quite the Air Force yet um, to allow the women to fly these planes, and she's the first woman to ever fly planes like the P-51 Mustang. And so she was really kind of like this go-getter, trendsetter person. But she she was not, the, ironically, she was not a risk taker. She didn't consider herself a risk taker. She would do her inspections for like sometimes two hours on a plane before she flew anything. So she's very methodical that way. Interesting. Um, and that will hit bookshelves next fall late summer yeah it should be next fall um it's still it's still in the submission process so we're just waiting to hear back on that well you're heather moore so they're gonna publish it that's my that's my guess heather you're the best i've got so much work to do i'm going to pause the podcast for today and maybe the next six months so that i can just do nothing but write and try to catch up even right, in a no. small way with the volume of you know just as we close there are a lot of writers that write a lot there are not a lot of writers that write a lot well. And so kudos to you for doing that. Well, thank you. And I appreciate being on this podcast and I appreciate all your books. I have every single one of your books, sometimes multiple copies because they're all my family gets them as gifts as well. Well, I feel guilty. I don't have all your books, but that's because I don't have a storage unit near my home, which is what I would need or some kind of addition, a mother-in-law apartment, uh, something I'll send you a Kindle garage. with them all on. Yeah, well, that is true. You got me there. You got me there. All right, Heather, we will put links to all the good things you're doing, of course, in the show notes. And we thank you for coming and joining us at the mic. All right. Thanks so much. Bye.